welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things Dynasty Fantasy Football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Paulish. Welcome back to Block in the Back. We have a very special episode for you today. As always, I am joined by Tyler Fish, but that is not all today. I am actually joined by the one and the only founder of the Monocle Dynasty podcast, um, founder of a great model that we all use in happy hour, and that's John Arrington at Dynasty Coach A. John, thanks for coming on tonight, man. Uh, Happy to have you. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. I don't get the one and only very often, so I'll actually take it. And, uh, you know, we were talking beforehand. I know you guys. I listen to you guys. I've uh, been listening to your pod basically since it came out. And so I feel like I'm a part of the podcast. So I felt like I'd been on, you know, your pod 18, 15, you know, 30 times, however many. And yet uh, this is my first time. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. And uh, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we're yeah happy to have you. And I know you have been doing a lot of work in the last like year and a half, um, putting out your big stats guy, kind of an analytics guy, correct? So you've been yeah. working on a model, and that's like for scouting rookies, for in-season stuff, just putting it all together. And I know you got a couple other projects too. Why don't you talk about kind of how that works, what all you, what all you put into it, and kind of the process and kind of what it's all about? Yeah, basically what – what I noticed like a year ago or, or so was, you know, if, if there was a weakness to my game, it was rookies. You know, I, I just, I don't watch college football. I don't have time. I have a family, I have a business that I run. And I just, as much as I would love to, I grew up watching college football and everything. I just couldn't do it. And so I wanted to create something that would help me know who the best college players are and that kind of thing. And I really didn't ever think it was going to get to this point, but it got to the point where it was really accurate. It was really good at picking out who the best players were going to be. And once I realized that I got super excited about it and I I started actually like really diving into it and, you know, I wasted, maybe not wasted, but I spent so much time on this thing, but now I've actually brought it into the NFL realm where now I'm grading and, and, uh, you know, looking at the advanced analytics and advanced stats on NFL players. And so I'm able to tell you, who the best players are, uh, who the best players will be, who the falling off players are, and, and, you know, even so much more than that. And obviously there's a million different ways I could take that and bore all of you. But basically it's just like looking at, looking at all the, the, the best stats. Um, like uh, if you know FF underscore Spaceman, who I believe has been on your podcast, then I, uh, you know, he kind of put pointed me in the right direction of like what the best stats are. And then I started playing around with it and started looking at it and saying, hey, you know, like this one looks really good. This one looks really good. And then put out a score kind of if you know anything about analytics, R squared is a big deal. Like how much does it correlate to what's actually happening as in like fantasy points? And like the first couple ones that I did, it was like, nope, it doesn't correlate at all. And so I started from scratch and did it until it worked. And uh, here we are. Yeah, and you found that it is pretty accurate for your for your rookie analysis and things like that as far as your drafts. It kind of goes – does it kind of pick out the outliers that other people might not see? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely times, you know, like I've gone back a full decade uh, of players. So, you know, I, I have like T.Y. Hilton um, wasn't really a big name as far as – you know, I, I believe he was a small school guy. I don't really remember. Once again, not the biggest college <laughs> guy, but um, I, I actually went back and looked for a lot of these things about like 
the DLF, uh, you know, uh, ADP and, and rookie ADP and stuff like that because they have it all tracked. And T.Y. Hilton was not a big name on, you know, people's boards at the time, yet he stood out pretty well, um, you know, for the right reasons, athleticism and, and, you know, production, college production, stuff like that. So it does pick up on, on guys like that that maybe not everyone knew about, but it, it still misses on Tyree Kill. Like if you can find a way to find Tyree Kill or like, you know, point out the Tyree Kill was going to be good, you're, you're a better man than I. Like I, I'm not going to get everybody. Um, but what I have found is that that group of players, I call the tier five players that Tyree Kill was in, there's a 4% hit rate over the, the entire decade of players. So, you know, like it's not to say that if you're in that grouping that you can't hit, it's just not very likely. <laughs> Right, and those are the guys being taken in like your fourth round, your fifth round of rookie drafts. Who, it's hard. Very rarely do you hit on them. Like I would pretty much, as far as dynasty goes, I'd almost trade those picks for any rostered player. You're like it's getting that extreme. So, I totally get where you're coming from there. But yeah, um, you T- are also- T.Y. Helton was uh, FIU, by the way. It's a good password uh, trivia there for you. There, like I said, I'm not the greatest. I felt like he was a small school, but I, I, I definitely don't know, especially like when you're talking about like in the past. Now I'm getting better at it because I'm really starting to pay attention and stuff. But uh, I definitely I had to look not. that one up. I had to look that one up. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, yes. in fact, there's some small school guys uh, coming up in the 2022 class that not everyone's talking about or not everyone's like overly excited about that my Debbie model is picking up on. Um, one of them being a, a QB that uh, I'm pretty excited about. So like once we get into, you know, that kind of talk and everything, I'm definitely going to be pushing out that guy and, uh, you know, and we'll see, you know, we'll see if it actually works out. But so far, you know, like I said, it's been pretty accurate. Ooh, leaving us with a little cliffhanger there with, with the <laughs> Debbie talk. All right. And John over there at the Monocle, you also started where we kind of been plugging it quite a bit too, where we kind of have a, a hub on one website with a lot of different podcasts. And John is actually the one that started that contenderconnection.com. So when I say go find our stuff at contenderconnection.com where you can find articles, podcasts, John is actually the one, the, the one behind all of that. So he puts in a lot of hard work and you are also working on kind of finishing up what I would say the kind of the testing phase, the final touches of a start sit tool. Correct, John? Can you talk a little bit about that and how, how that works and, and what you're finding is working and what's not working on that? Yeah, and definitely check out contenderconnection.com. We're actually getting ready to update our uh, dynasty rankings. I've been putting my like top 10 of my Debbie rankings and stuff like that uh, for each position on there for free. I do have a Patreon, but obviously not everyone's going to pay for content. That's perfectly fine. I get it. That's why we have the free stuff on contenderconnection.com. As far as the start sit thing, once I started giving every single player in the NFL a grade, I started thinking about the fact that I could actually use this grade to, you know, like start actually telling people who they should start and sit. And so I have it, you know, built in now where I have what the player's doing on his team. And then I take the Vegas implied totals and, you know, a couple other factors and I mix it all together and it spits out a score for the week. And it tells you, you know, how, how uh, safe or, you know, how good this player should be or could be this week. Now, of course, it's not going to be, nothing's going to be hundred percent or anything like that. But it actually, um, last week was the first week that I graded it afterward, and it actually did really well. So, um, in fact, it from 
I don't know a lot about the uh, the grading of uh, start sit tools and stuff like that, but from what I've heard, it's about double of other tools that have been graded in the past, whatever that means. Um, but you know, regardless, it, it actually did really well, and it's it's just really to help people and help uh, people with those really tough decisions. I used it last week. I won a, a league by 0.7 points because of using that start sit tool. I actually, uh, you know, not that it was like, not that, you know, the other player did poorly, but the other player did not score as much as the player that I started. And so I would have lost had I started the player that I originally had in there. So it was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not, a, I, I'm also a, a user. I'm not just the president. <laughs> Yeah, I look forward to when that gets all finalized and everything. It sounds like it's working great. I might have to to dabble in that. You're going to really regret that because we're in a lot of leagues together, John. So (laughs) I thought about that. I'm like, man, I'm screwing myself here. You know, I'm going to end up losing all my leagues because all my friends are going to jump on there. And uh, and that's one thing that is on the Patreon right now, but it's actually free on the Patreon, um, at least for the end of the month. I might push it for the next month. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, but for now, it is free for this week, and that will be updated tomorrow. So I'll have all the start sits and, and whatever you want. You basically just go on there, you put in two players, and it tells you which one's better. That's awesome. Yeah, you are doing a, a, lot, of, a lot of work, putting in a lot of hours over there. So I know a lot of people do appreciate that, and that's pretty awesome. But as far as getting into the meat and potatoes of this episode, we are going to kind of go over the – we're kind of – yeah, we're about like the halfway point-ish of the fantasy season-ish. Um, we're going to kind of give like a rookie update for everybody. I know people love talking about rookies. We're going to kind of dive in and see how everybody's doing thus far in the season. We're going to talk about value. We're going to kind of see how it works out in John's model. Um, talk about trade value, all that sort of stuff. And who we might think can step up the rest of the season. Who might calm down. Who might stay the same. Um, so we're going to dive into that right now. Um, so I guess I'll just lead it off right away with one of, one of the top rookies that everybody is talking about. And he has taken the league by absolute storm so far this year. So we're going to start it off hot and that is Jamar chase. Now I'll go out and just say it right away. I know I understand that I had Jamar chase as my wide receiver three this year coming out as a rookie. I understand. I know and that had by no means does that, does that mean that I thought he was a bad player. I just want to put that out there right away. I knew he was a stud. I knew he was good. I just liked what I saw a little bit more out of other players. And sure as shit, here we are. Jamar Chase is taking the lead by, league by storm. The guy has been an absolute animal. I think he's caught a, caught a pass over 50 yards every week, I think it was. It's crazy. It's close. It's, yes, it's insane. He's catching a lot of touchdowns. He's got that big playability. Um, I mean, the guy is just putting up stats, monster numbers. Let's talk about Jamar Chase a little bit. What do you guys think? Is he, is he going to continue on this out, uh, just outrageous pace? Because we're talking like Justin Jefferson type stuff here. Yeah, uh, well, Tyler's muted, so I guess I'll go ahead and start talking. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I can't fault anybody for, uh, for not having Chase at one, even though, you know, when you look at the, the stats, which is what I look at, you know, I know you're more of a film guy. Um, But I feel like, especially for film watchers, it's going to be really tough to be like, oh, yeah, this film, this film that I watched from a year and a half ago, you know, like that kind of thing. So I can't really, you know, be mad at you for having him at three. Now, if you had him at eight, if you had Amon Ross St. Brown over him, something like that, that's a completely different story. 
But having him at three, there's some good wide receivers in this class. And, you know, like I said, I'm not going to fault you that much. But he was my wide receiver one by a pretty substantial margin. Although I believe your wide receiver one was my wide receiver two. And, uh, and he wasn't that far behind him. So uh, all that's to say that he – the dude's just a stud. Uh, as far as, you know, if, if it's going to continue, I don't think it's going to quite continue at this pace. You know, the things that I look at are, you know, touchdown rate. Um, he, he had, he's sitting at like a 17.6% touchdown rate right now. Um, he's amazing. He's really good, especially for a rookie. I don't think he's going to continue that pace. Is it impossible? No. Um, we've seen the big play ability. But we also know that those big plays don't always happen, even though they've happened, you know, quite a bit so far. So, yes, Jamar Chase is going to be very, very good. I've uh, recently moved him up to my wide receiver two in Dynasty. But he is probably not going to, you know, be scoring you 30 points a week, just like you wouldn't expect from hardly any wide receiver. Uh, so I guess if, if you're expecting that, yeah, you're probably going to, you know, you're, you're probably going to be a little upset when it's all said and done. If you're expecting a really good wide receiver, you're going to be pretty happy. You know, I just want to go out and say, Ryan, you were worried about Chase's separation. Like that is one thing you were slightly worried about. I mean, you were DMing me when it that was. was the big thing in the preseason. and. But, I, I mean, I do agree with John. Is this pace going to continue? No. Is he a top three dynasty wide receiver now? Yes. And, I, you know, scrolling on Twitter today at work, I didn't get to see a whole lot. Um, pretty busy day. But somebody was talking about, you know, I'm starting to get offers for Chase. And, you know, what's an appropriate offer for Jamar Chase and dynasty? And, then, you know, I thought about it. And there was people that, you know, were commenting on there, like, I offered three firsts and got denied. Um, I offered Justin Jefferson or excuse me, I offered Devonte Adams plus some got denied. So I guess that begs the question, what is an appropriate trade for Jamar chase? I, and I was just interested in that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I tried three, four weeks ago, uh, trading Adams plus to get him guy turned him down rightfully. So, I mean, Adams is a little up there in years. So what would be an appropriate, you know, trade for chase if you're an owner? To me, I feel like he almost is like right there with Justin Jefferson to me where it's – you're going to have a really hard time giving him up because that's a guy – even if yeah. you're rebuilding, that's a guy like you hope one of those draft picks would turn into anywhere close to that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's tough to give him up for just straight capital like that one trade that you saw for three first-rounders. As much as you want to study and as much as you think that you know everything, you're not going to hit on those first-round picks every single time. Shit happens. Like – yeah. Like I always bring it up, like Laquan Treadwell, he was like the 103 in rookie drafts back in the day, and the guy just flopped straight onto his face. You just never know, and yeah. So I don't know. I'd have a hard time even with rebuilding teams. The guy's so young; he can be a cornerstone on your team now for 10 years. Like that's it's incredible. Well, I, don't, I don't know what it, you. Plus, think. it's it's tough to sell him for three firsts, especially if those firsts end up being late. It's like I'm not going to get a player my chances of getting a player like Jamar Chase are, are very slim. So it's like you'd almost have to be guaranteed high draft capital. So maybe an off season trade. Um, but it, it's hard to let go of a guy like that. That's just an absolute stud. 
Yeah, the the same uh, thing, you know, what I was talking about before with the start sit thing, like once I started realizing that I was grading all these players, I kind of did the same thing. And I actually created a trade calculator as well. So, um, you know, that's on the Patreon and you can go on there and, and put in five players on this side, five players on that side or up to. And but one of the things that I built in is if if you have something like, you know, Jamar Chase is is up here now. Like, you know, he's he's, he's a, like you said, he's at like Jamar or Justin Jefferson levels. If you put in a first compared to, uh, you know, Jamar Chase, obviously, like, that's a huge difference. One first compared to Jamar Chase is a huge difference. And so the calculator kind of figures that out. And, and like, I've made it to where it'll automatically, like, bump up Jamar Chase's value just because you're doing something that's, like, so much lesser valued than Chase. And so he's really valued at, like, a 3.5 first right now in the calc. But if you were to put three first, it would automatically bump him up to four first um, for his value. And it'll tell you that it's, he's worth four first now and that kind of thing. So it, it's kind of cool the way that, that it's been built that, you know, you can, um, you know, like you're not going to undersell a guy. Now, maybe you're going to not sell him because of that, but you're not going to undersell a guy. But I think when you have what he's done in the first few, you know, seven weeks, you don't want to undersell them. You want an overpay. Like if you're going to sell them, you need an overpay. And we've been talking about this in our group chat that me and Ryan are in. And, and um, you know, people are like, well, what would you want for Jamar Chase? And I'm like, I want an overpay. And an overpay is a lot at this point. I mean, you know, you're talking about AJ Brown plus, uh, you know, like I probably want at this point, I probably want even more than a first. And, and you know, people aren't going to be willing to give that up for the most part. But I've also seen some trades go through. Up, you know, maybe in home leagues and stuff like that. But on Twitter, I've seen crazy trades go through. And so you always at least have to put them out there like, hey, Jamar Chase is on the block, you know. I know. Uh, didn't you put him out on the block in one of the leagues? Yeah, in the Harry Potter League, I put him yeah. on the block. And, and I know for a fact I'm not selling Jamar Chase. But I think it's fun to get that conversation going. And there's that 1% chance that somebody's going to be like, this is a generational talent. I'm going to give you – four players and this and whatever and i'm you know okay now i'm selling them but i the the, the 99 chance that i'm not actually selling them. <laughs> right and that was going to be my next question too like would what would it even take like just a bunch of studs and a couple first like yeah i mean you know like i always tell people whenever they ask me well what do you want i, I want my team to be better well right now jamar chase is giving me you know 20 to 30 points a week and he's 21 years old and you know, yada, yada, yada. So like, you have to make my team better than that. <laughs> like, you know, you have to, like, I'm, I'm not selling them for Adam Thielen and a first, you know, like, that's not helping me, uh, you know, at all. So, you know, it, it's really just, it's not necessarily a value game. And that's the other thing, like people talk about, oh, you know, three first, four first, whatever, like, I'm contending in that league, I'm, I'm trying to win a championship. If you offer me four first, I'm going to turn you down. That four first is not helping my team. And so, you know, that's why I always tell people it, I need it to help my team. You know, so if you give me Dalvin Cook and A.J. Brown, that's a massive overpay. But I'll probably take it. You know? <laughs> now, I have Dalvin Cook in that league, so you're not going to give me that. But <laughs> And that's a good point you make. Like, it doesn't – it's not always about just the value. It all depends on where your team is at. Are you contending? Is it going to help you this year? Is it going to potentially help you in the future? Things like that. And that's that's all the things you do have to think about when you're in – in dynasty league so you bring up a really good point there so i'll just hop right into our next guy here our next rookie who is 
I mean, he's not Jamar Chase this season, but he's actually been having a pretty good year as far as rookies are concerned. It's kind of been up and down with that offense, kind of being a little iffy at times. And that's Devontae Smith um, for the Eagles. Now, he came out. He was actually my wide receiver one coming into the season. I liked everything about him, and I just kind of disregarded his his weight. And thus far, I don't think it's played much of a factor. I actually think he plays pretty physical while he's on the field. He's not, like, afraid to take hits or anything like that. I mean, he's posted – he's getting good volume. Now, Jalen Hurts isn't the best NFL quarterback I've ever seen. For fantasy football, I think he gets the job done for you, for sure. He put, he's got that nice rushing floor on him. But Devonta Smith, he's got – eight, seven, six, ten, nine, four, nine targets this year. He's getting the volume that you love to see. And I think that as that offense hopefully progresses, it's been pretty frustrating. I think that can continue to get better. And he's posted some good numbers, like six for 71, seven for 122, seven for 77, five for 61. I like what I'm seeing there. And I think the touchdowns will come. He is, he's a tall guy. I mean, he's six foot tall. He, he can be a red zone threat for you. And I still really like Devontae Smith. I think it's being a little bit overblown from what Jamar Chase is doing or overshadowed, I should say. But I still think he's having a pretty solid year. I think we're going to end up happy. I think it'll be like a T. Higgins-esque rookie year. And I think we should be happy with that. What do you guys, what do you guys think about Devontae Smith? Yeah, like I said, uh, that's what I alluded to earlier. Your uh, wide receiver one was my wide receiver two. I really like Smith, and I actually commend you as a film watcher, film grinder, for not hating on the BMI because so many film watchers do. And, um, you know, it's been proven at this point that BMI just doesn't matter. And I feel like we all want the DK Metcalfs. We all want the Calvin Johnsons like because that's what we're used to from our childhood. But, you know, you actually sit there and, and watch football now you know, in, in 2021 and you got little guys running around and scoring a bunch of points. And so you just have to realize the game's different, like speed matters. Uh, everything matters. Not to say that athleticism should be uh, the only thing that matters or anything like that, because it doesn't. And, you know, I, I figured that out by working on my model, you know, like it, it I really thought it really mattered and it matters. doesn't matter as much as you might think, but Devonte Smith is just an overall great wide receiver um, he's sitting right now as the wide receiver 49 in uh, points per game, but he's actually my wide receiver 39 um, in, in scoring or in his grade uh, for the season. And that's really good for a rookie wide receiver. Now, like you said, that's being overshadowed by Jamar Chase, who's the wide receiver four in my grading. Um, so obviously like the huge difference there. But once again, I had that difference in, you know, in, in the, like the pre-draft, uh, uh, rankings so like not to say that I'm not even like trying to like to my own horn at this point I'm just saying like you probably expected a difference you know like or you could have expected a difference at this point um I also don't think it's Devontae Smith's fault like you said Jalen Hurts is not the best QB NFL QB uh, as far as getting passes to him but we see a lot of good things the target shares there uh you know the uh some of the things that I you know that I look at with uh you know, he, he does have some red zone targets, like you said, you know, he has four, it's not like something amazing, but we also know the Philly offense hasn't been that amazing. So four is okay, especially for a rookie. Um, some of the things, you know, he, he's on the field for 94% of routes. So like, he's already out there. It's not like he's trying to earn a role or do anything like that. The Whopper, uh, which is weighted opportunity rating, which is basically like um, target share and air yard market share combined. 
basically showing like how important they are in the offense. He's sitting at a 0.58, which is good for a regular, you know, like veteran NFL wide receiver. And once again, he's a rookie. So he's, he's a very important part of that offense. He's just not getting a lot of catchable targets right now. And it shows. So I, I definitely love the player. Um, I believe he's probably one of the best buy low wide receivers in dynasty right now. So I, I definitely love him. And I love the fact that he's not producing right now, even though there's, I have a couple teams where I wish he was. Uh, I love the fact that I can probably get him cheaper right now. Yeah. And the fact that he's not producing, but still leading uh, the leading fantasy player um, receiving player anyways on the Eagles. I mean, look at Jalen Rager, who, you know, first round pick from last year, who has been very unimpressive Smith at least he looks the part and he, you show that flashes and then you look at Jalen Rager and it's like, it's just, something's not clicking. Um, I'm a big fan of Smith. I know he's been dealt in a few leagues. Um, going to be a very, very nice player. It's just hard, you know, with Hertz, you know, rushes the ball quite a bit. That offense is not good right now. Um, so if you were expecting greatness and, you know, if you're drafting him to, you know, in year one to be this fantastic fantasy asset for you, you're doing it wrong. So we know that rookie receivers don't typically do that. The Jamar Chase, the Justin Jefferson last year, that, that shouldn't be our expectation. Uh, Smith should be a, a very good fantasy asset for you for years to come. He, I mean, he looks the part. What I struggle with a little bit is so that Philly offense was kind of a, I mean, it was not kind of, it was a dumpster fire last year and they changed head coaches and everybody kind of thought Miles Sanders was going to get more involved. They thought some, some things might change and they're a little bit better. Sure. But there's still some issues going on with a different head coach. Like they're still not using Miles Sanders. We still have offensive problems and I know it's only a year, but it just, it worries me a little bit. Like, is this what Jalen Hurts is? Are we going to see more growth out of him? Are they going to part ways with him if they can't start winning football games? There's, there's some question marks that, that, that do concern me. But I love the player, and I like the targets that he's commanding in that offense. I think targets equals skill level. He's, he's earning those targets with his route running. He's been running really good routes. He's got great hands. We just got to get him the ball and get that offense moving in the right direction, in my opinion. So I won't take up too much time on this topic. I just, I mean, the fact that they ran the ball three, I don't remember what week it was, where they had three rushes outside of Jalen Hurts' rushes. um, (laughs) I think it's just so, you're you're setting him up for failure for one, that entire offense. So I think that's, the play calling has been atrocious. You need to get the ball to Miles Sanders. He's one of your best offensive assets, right? You need to have a, a nice balance in the NFL. Uh, I think Gainwell honestly deserves more touches. And now that Sanders is out, I think we're going to see that. So um, I don't think the play calling has been in uh, Jalen Hurts' favor. I don't think they're going to bench him this year. No. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. You know, Hurts hasn't been amazing, uh, but I don't think he's been absolutely terrible either. You know, obviously it's – not to compare the two because they're not the same player or anything like that, but it's very similar to Lamar Jackson. You know, like he just, you, you really have to give him time and hope that he pro- progresses. Um, I don't think we've seen that progression from Lamar Jackson, even though people kind of want that, but it, it's kind of the same thing. You just have to give him that time. Just like with Josh Allen, you know, I, I wasn't a Josh Allen believer, but you know, you gave him time or you know, the, the bills gave him time. And all of a sudden he, he progressed and became, 
uh, a pretty good QB. Now, he is an outlier, so we don't expect every QB that's not good to all of a sudden become good. Um, but at the same time, I don't think we can judge somebody off of eight, 12 games, however many. Uh, but it's not great for Devontae Smith. But like I said, I, I believe in the talent of Devontae and or Devonta. I don't know. I always say Devontae. And, but I, I believe in his talent. And I just – I want to get him, especially if I can get him cheaper than what he was because he was basically like, what, 110, 111, something like that. And now you can probably get him for – you know, if you're competing, you, know, you could probably get him for 110, 111 from next year's class. You know, so I, at the very, you know, maybe even a second, like if somebody's just like, no, nope, I'm all out, hurt sucks, Eagles suck, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I'm not giving up on that offense. I just, it was just a little concerning, but I believe in the talent and I'm just hoping, hoping they can progress and be better with Jalen Hurts. But, like you said, Tyler, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that topic because I just get flustered. But uh, moving, <laughs> moving on to moving on to a guy that I absolutely loved. He was my wide receiver two going into the year. Um, I pretty much loved everything about him. I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but his explosiveness, his route running, um, his hands were so good. And that's Jalen Waddle. He went to a pretty decent spot where he's he's top of the food chain right now, I believe, in targets. And the guy's just been eating up targets. He's He's everything that I wanted him to be as far as a rookie goes this year. I, the only thing that I wish I could see a little bit more of is that that A dot to increase a little bit, get him down the field a little bit. But then I look at the quarterback, and I am not a Tua believer. I don't like his arm. I don't like his decision-making. So I understand why his A dot is probably a little bit lower. They need to kind of play down to the quarterback play at the moment and kind of make sure that they can get their best player to the football. Um, we just haven't seen that big play pop off for him yet. He's catching the ball and getting tackled right away. He's getting a couple yards after the catch. But I love what I'm seeing out of Jalen Waddle so far and the usage that he is getting. Um, what do you guys think of, of Jalen Waddle so far? Yeah, he was actually my wide receiver four, but he was so very close to the wide receiver three that you could almost call him a tie. Um, you really could. So it, it's not that crazy to think that he's doing is what he's doing. And you, when you think about the fact that he hasn't even had a starting QB the entire time, like he could be even better or higher, you know, doing than, than what he's already been doing. Now he's the uh, wide receiver 26 in uh, points per game. I have him ranked as the wide receiver 32. But that's still, once again, very good for a rookie wide receiver. I mean, you know, like you expect growth in the second half of the season. You expect growth in the second year, so on and so forth. So if he's wide receiver 32 so far through seven games, what's he going to be at the end of the year? What's he going to be next year? Um, I think we've seen exactly what Miami wanted, whether you agree that they should have traded up for him and you know, that kind of thing or not. We, you know, They saw a player that they wanted, they traded up for him, and they got him, and they're using him. Um, but he's doing everything. Like you said, the target share, uh, maybe everything's not perfect, uh, but it, it's definitely looking like it, like they're moving in the right direction and that Waddle's going to be a fantasy star probably. You've got to be most happy with the target share. I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but um, the the one thing that's just, and it's just, it's probably with Tua, but um I know early on his average average depth of target was was very very minimal um and that's just game plan of getting the ball out to his hand really fast but you have to love the target share I mean he's had monster target games of 13 twice and uh multiple double digit catch games 
So, uh, you know, that is, it's very, very encouraging. They want to get him the ball. He's a focal point of that offense. Um, he is playing better uh, than I thought, Ryan, you had him higher in your rankings than I did. Uh, but he is a, a very good fantasy asset going forward. And you've got to be happy if you drafted him. I love it. I am just praying that this uh, Watson news is true. I think that's going to unleash <laughs> a whole new side of, of Waddle that we're hoping that we're like the college side of him, these big plays, a little bit more down the field stuff. If everything goes okay for Watson and, or not okay, the correct way, I should say, let's try not to piss anybody off today, but <laughs> everything goes our, uh, a-okay in the correct way with Watson and he ends up on Miami and able to play. That's just going to unleash Waddle, and that's kind of the potential that I can see him having. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's going to improve in the second half of the year. I think you the, how explosive he is and how fast he is. He's gonna start to extend those catches a little bit. Get some yak going. Um, I'm just I'm really excited about him. What do you What do you guys think for like trade value for him? Is he is he even worth kind of going to get, or is he getting enough volume and that upside where? it's probably not even worth it at this point. Well, it's tough because if it had been a couple of days ago, you probably could have gotten them pretty cheap because uh, people, you know, hate to a, people think the Miami offense is just garbage and, and everything, even though the past couple of games have looked pretty promising um, all things considered, but now you have those trade talks. Now you have people thinking about Deshaun Watson, like you just said, so I think that that's kind of ruined any hopes of getting him cheap. Now that doesn't mean don't send out a feeler or, you know, check it out, you know, check it out. You never know. But I think with the fantasy points that he's actually put up, you know, if he was just completely underproducing like some of the other uh, rookie wide receivers, then maybe you might be able to get him cheap. But I feel like people know Waddle's name at this point, and it's going to be really tough to just steal him away from somebody. I I got actually I got a trade offer a couple hours ago for Waddle in one of our leagues, John. And I don't I don't know if uh, Dave Fantasy listens or not, but he's the one that sent me the trade offer. So I guess we'll call him out on air. Um, <laughs> and and I I don't know if he knew, but I'm a huge Waddle guy. Obviously, I had him ranked really high, and I like what he's doing so far. But he offered me Allen Robinson straight up, and it was one of the fastest declines that I've had all year. So I don't know if that kind of helps put it into perspective. I don't know what you guys think about that, but. I'd just rather have Waddle with that upside and the youth and the future that I can see him having. So I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing you can say about A-Rob right now is that, you know, he, he requested a trade or they're talking about possibly trading him and whatever it was. Um, So maybe he's going to be traded before the deadline. And then all of a sudden he's going to go to some, you know, team and be become a stud again. Uh, Obviously rookie QB, terrible head coach the situation's not great in Chicago right now so I get not being you know overly hyped about A-Rob I don't think he's done you know his talent didn't fade away he he hasn't forgotten how to play wide receiver or anything like that just nothing's working in Chicago right now so I I understand not trading especially straight up for you know Waddle for A-Rob but at the same time you know like it's two players that I want to get on my team um you know at different prices but you know like I, I don't blame Dave for trying to make that trade but at the same time like you're not making you're, you're not doing that because like a Rob isn't helping you right now and Waddle has probably just as much upside and is you know what six years younger than than a Rob. <laughs> right and that was the thing it's like 
or he doesn't get traded and he's just a shit show all year long. And then he gets traded to the Ravens and the, like it could go, it could go one of two ways. And Wada at least has some sort of a secure spot with some upside. So that was my reasoning there, but Tyler, what do you, what, what do you think about Waddle? You trading for him value too high holding. He's going to be tough to get right now, you know, and not, he's not going to help you like immensely this year if you give up a big amount to grab him. So no, in terms of that trade offer, maybe he's just trying to get the conversation started, but yes, you decline that every day of the week. twice. On yeah. Sundays. I, I was going to counter. And then at the same time, I'm like, I don't even really, I just, it interested me so little. I just declined, <laughs> I just declined it, but I'm that dickhead, but whatever. Um, all right. Moving on to our next guy here. Let's talk about somebody other than a wide receiver here. Let's go to Najee Harris. Um, Harris has been, I think he's looked like a stud. I think he's got it, he's got it pretty rough behind that offensive line. So I think the rushing is a little concerning, but he's had his games where he does pretty well and he gets a lot of volume, which you love. Um, I know a lot of people say volume is king and he is getting it. I mean, the last two games, 23 carries, 24 carries plus they know that their offensive line sucks. So they are trying to get their best player of the football in the air too. I mean, the guy's got five targets, 19, seven, five, seven. That's exactly what you want to see out of a PPR running back with that skill set, his speed, his power. Now he can receive the ball out of the backfield and he's an emphasis on that offense. He is, I'm trying to peg like where I would have him in my rankings. I haven't updated it that far yet, but he's top 10 for sure. Maybe even top five. I he's I definitely him. top five. I, yeah, I, e- easy I for me. Top five. I now just to put it in perspective, I did offer Barkley for him straight up in a league, and it got declined. But I I love making owners think like that. Um, and then I even dabbled with CMC uh, in a league as well you know, offering from Harris because I, I think Harris is top five. It, it's easy for me just with sheer volume and the kid can play. And, uh, you know, with the injuries to the two guys that I've mentioned, I, I love tossing feelers out like that just to mess with people. And I would have done it. Uh, but Harris is ahead of those two for me. And I know that might sound ridiculous. You know, John, don't hate me, but Harris is ahead of those two for me right now, because I, right now I have legitimate concerns uh, about both the guys that I mentioned. So I, I absolutely love Harris. He's a lock for top five for me. So he, not just top 10, right? He's ahead top of Barkley. He's, he's ahead of Barkley for me, um, for sure. But yes, I, I'm yeah, no, CMC is a, is, is a little concerning with me. You know, some of this, you know, soft tissue stuff that keeps coming up. I think it's definitely overload concerns. They're using him too much. Um, Cause if you look at Derrick Henry, yes, he, he gets used a ton, but he takes practices off. And you know, they're not – CMC plays almost every single snap. And I hope to God he doesn't when he comes back because of what Hubbard has shown us. But CMC's not taking practices off unless he's injured. So you need to learn how to load manage those guys. The Titans have figured it out with Derrick Henry. Um, but yeah, that's all I'll say about that. You also forgot to mention that Derrick Henry is a god. So, you know, it, it, there's that too. Uh, that definitely helps. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, w- just like with, you know, I was talking about with uh, weighted opportunity rating for wide receivers, we look at the same exact thing when we're looking at stats for uh, running backs. And it's almost even more important, like Ryan was saying, like volume is king, li- literally. 
and he has the most weighted opportunities per game, uh, talking about Najee Harris right now. So he has 22.1, you know, compared to like a Jonathan Taylor, like everyone's really hyped on Jonathan Taylor right now. Jonathan Taylor sitting at 13.9 weighted opportunities per game. So, I mean, you're talking about what, nine, you know, almost nine weighted opportunities more per game. And, you know, that's going to make a difference over the course of the season. Taylor wasn't scoring that many touchdowns in the first few games. And everyone was like, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? And I told you to go buy him. And then all of a sudden he started scoring a bunch of touchdowns. And now everyone's like, Taylor's the running back one and, and this and that. And guess what? He's probably going to come back down to earth a little bit. Guess what? Najee with this amount of weighted opportunity is probably is not going to come back down to earth this season. It doesn't mean that things won't change in the future. If they have a rookie QB, if they have, you know, some other, you know, a journeyman QB or whatever it might be that isn't dumping it down 18 times a game to them, that might change. But for this season, everything that I look at, which is weighted opportunities per game, juke rate, breakaway run rate, touchdown rate, like things like that, yards uh, scrimmage yards per game like all that good stuff he is Najee Harris is doing very well in all of those you know metrics so he's actually the running back too as far as my models grading for this season you'll be very surprised by running back one it's King Henry but <laughs> it's uh but he's he's just he's doing very well and I'm I'm not as quick to move running backs up my uh, my rankings as far as dynasty rankings. So I still have them sitting, I think, at eight um, for, for dynasty running backs. And you might be like, oh, my God, you know, you're, you're taking too long or that's too low or whatever. But I just – I take a little bit longer. I'm not freaking out about Saquon and CMC as much. And, and you know, d- most people would have Derrick Henry out of their top five, and I do not. So, you know, it's one of those things where I'm just – I hold on to the older ones because I like to compete. I like to score points, and I like to win championships. And so I, I, I'll hold on, and I'll say, you know what, I'd rather have this guy that's going to score me 20-something points a week and, 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 you know, even though he's 26 or 27 or whatever – and, uh, you know, other people are like, no, 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 he's too old. He's going he's gonna to die in your team. They're like, yeah, he will, but I'll, I'll have that trophy on my, on my shelf. <laughs> One of the best things that changed my life, I'm going to go out there and say it's changed my life in terms of Dynasty, uh, it's Gage Bridgeford. I want to say he wrote an article for the Dynasty nerds. Uh, I'll have to dig it up. But he mentioned valuing Dynasty running backs like, um, like a, a car loan. And it, it's really changed the way that I look at running backs in terms of valuing them and, and trading for them. And, uh, you know, cause if you think about a typical car loan, three to five years. So essentially, and, and he did a lot of research into it, like second contract running backs go downhill very fast. And I understand if you're a contender, right. You're, you might not be inclined to sell, but you know, getting rid of running backs at the correct time before the cliff happens, and obviously, you know, people like Henry are, there's running backs that just defy that. Um, I think you could maybe throw Zeke in there as well, but yeah. I mean, that, that's really changed the way I look at, you know, you know, dynasty oh, running backs. And, and, and I'm not even saying that the way I do it is the right way or the best way, because it's probably not. Um, and, and, you know, like I have a lot of smart people that tell me that the way that I do it is wrong, but with running backs, I just kind of hold on to that, to those older running backs that are competing or, you know, that are, that are scoring points a little bit longer than most. And I've, you know, I found that it works out pretty well. And yeah, like some of them die on my roster and guess what? I draft the replacement, you know, like I still have picks. I still, I, I can still make other trades and do other things. And like, you know, I feel like everyone's, maybe not everyone, but a lot of players are scared of like, 
a player dying on the roster. But, you know, you don't have to replace every player. You don't have to, you know, get the newer version of every single player. Now, if you just let every single player on your team go to the age of 30, you're probably going to have to do a full rebuild and it's going to take two or three years. But, you know, if you if you do that with three players out of 30, you know, and say, like, these are my guys, I'm just going to hold on to them, it's probably not going to kill you because you're you're grinding the rest of that roster and you're just – you're trying to get those new guys that are going to take over once they die on your roster. And those are the guys, like well, – I don't say, like, they're all outliers, but those are, like, the top tier. Like, you're not – especially – and it depends where your team is at, too. We haven't talked about that yet either, where if you're middle of the pack and you have Delvin Cook at 26 years old or whatever he is, and you know you're, you might make playoffs, but you know you're not good enough. You got to be realistic with yourself. I would sell him. I, I honestly would sell Devin Cook if you know you're not like top three in your league. Why not sell him for like, if you know it's bottom of the barrel guys that might be buying these people, or if you know it's multiple first round picks, you can get. I mean, you can just restock essentially if you know you're not going to win anyway, and if you have your own first, and that makes your first more valuable. And I mean, yeah, it's. Like the people that I, th- I feel like you're talking about, John, those three that are on your team, that's like Delvin Cook, that's like uh, Devontae Adams. Travis Kelsey. Right. Devontae that's, Adams. Yeah. It's like the top-tier guys where I get that. But that's like, what, 2% of the entire fucking thing <laughs> of the entire yeah. running back. Like it's not very high. So I I get exactly. that. For the most part, you're – I feel like you're going to want to try to restock. And that's just what you said, John, a couple players here and there. I get that. So for sure. I had to explain my reasoning on that, but I agree with you. Like I said, I think, I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I like I said, if anything, I'm probably wrong. I just, it's just the way I've always liked to play. (laughs) And now I can't get it out of my head that you, ever since you mentioned Travis Kelsey, you kind of do look like Travis Kelsey. Has anybody ever told you that? I think I've gotten it once or twice. (laughs) Ryan, do you see it? I do now. I never did until now. You kind of do. <laughs> that, that is really good, man. That is. I need to shave my head. Doesn't he have a shaved head now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that I, I don't know. But I think he cut his hair. Yeah. Yeah, I, I grew my hair out a little bit. I mean, it's still pretty short, but, uh, but yeah, enough about me. Let's talk about rookies. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. Uh, let's stick on the running back train here. Uh, Javante or yeah, Javante Williams. He. People are kind of up and down about him. I've tried to inquire about Williams a couple times in in our home league, and I can't even get him to consider an offer right now. So what's going to happen? He's going to split carries pretty much all year long. That's what it's been, even though he has been pretty good. But Melvin Gordon isn't being – he's not terrible. He's not doing, like, awful things to give up his job. And I watched the Denver game. They're literally switching running backs every possession essentially, and they've been almost split, almost split 50-50 on touches this entire year long. What I'm trying to buy and what apparently the guy in our league has is not fallen for is I'm buying next year. I'm trying to get him now for because I love Williams' talent. He was my RB2 into this class. I like the offense that he is in. I like the usage that they give the running backs, and if there's just one of them there, Melvin Gordon, I mean, he was RB2. 14 last year once Lindsay went down he was the guy so I think they can produce Williams is a better running back he's only 21 years old I like Williams I think he's a buy if you can find the right guy and who was not expecting the slow start I was expecting this but 
what do you guys think? I, I just feel like you're buying for next year. You're waiting for next year. I don't think I'm expecting anything much to help you out this year. Maybe a flex play on some bye weeks or some injuries. He'll get you by. But that's kind of where I'm at with Javante. I love the talent. I love his future. Just this year is going to be a little bit hampered with, with Melvin Gordon. There. I honestly think right now is the cheapest he will be in the next three, four years. Like his uh, – the statistic that's been kind of thrown around a lot lately is – the amount of broken tackles that he's had and he did it in college and he's doing it and he leads it per touch in the NFL. I want to say that is a guy that I'm all in for. And right now, if you want to go get him, he's the cheapest he'll be because this off season, he's going to be way more expensive. And then when he blows up, it's going to be even harder to get him. I was saying the same thing about Kenneth Gainwell though, weeks ago, like I wanted a piece of Kenneth Gainwell and uh, you know, I, I was kind of preaching, go buy him. And now all of a sudden, Miles Sanders could miss. Kenneth Gainwell's going to get his shot. If he gets some touches, I, I mean, I'm a, I've liked what I've seen from Kenneth Gainwell so far. Uh, and I'm not a big Miles Sanders guy. So, you know, buy those guys while you can, while, you know, while their value is still low. But, yeah, in terms of Williams, Javante Williams, I mean, he is a, a star in the making. I, I really like his game. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be really hit or miss trying to buy him because you have people like I, I, I just heard a podcast today talking about um, they still think Javante Williams is the the number one running back in the class. And, you know, like you know, it seems kind of crazy when you see what Najee Harris is doing and the fact that Javante Williams is splitting time and that kind of thing. But, you know, people did have Javante as their number one. Um, I remember it from, you know, the rookie season and everything. So, it's going to be hit or miss because you have that guy, you're not getting him. You know, you're not going to be willing to pay that price, or at least I wouldn't be willing to pay that price. But then you have the contender. Like I actually have Javante Williams on a couple teams where I was kind of hoping for him to break out at this point of the season, that kind of thing. And I might be willing to sell my Javante Williams right now because he is splitting literally 50 50 and he's not doing exactly what I was hoping for going into the second half of the season. That's not to say that Melvin Gordon can't get hurt and all that kind of stuff, but I can't bank on that right now as a contender. So you might be able to go get him from that contender and get him a little bit cheaper you know, than, than you would have, you know, had it been from anyone else. So um, like I said, I think it's going to be hit or miss. I do think he's a player you should go get. Like uh, uh, Tyler was saying, he does have the highest juke rate at 31.5% in, in the league right now. Uh, so, you know, he's doing – he has a high, uh, pretty good uh, breakaway run rate. Uh, but the thing is, he's not scoring a lot of touchdowns. He only has a 2.2% touchdown rate. So, like, he hasn't really done a lot, uh, you know, as far as, like, fantasy points. But yet he's doing a lot of the peripherals that we're looking for. So, like, I think he will be a good running back, like Ryan was saying. Like, get him for next year. The problem is, you know, where do you fall on that price? Because right now I have him my trade calc is, like, almost two first. Um, maybe it, maybe it even is two first, but you know, are you going to be willing to pay that? That's a really tough price to pay for a guy. That's pretty know, steep. Splitting 50, 50, you know, <laughs> that's pretty steep. I think it's more about Melvin Gordon than anything. I think Melvin Gordon can still play. So I, I wouldn't get too beat up on it's not on Williams. Like, but that is very steep. I didn't realize that's what, uh, kind of the value was on him right now was two first. That's and that might be a little high, but, you know, I'm kind of like looking towards the future too. Like I wouldn't, I kind of, especially for my trade calc, you know, I, I kind of wanted to be more about like what you should sell for more, more so than what you should buy for. Because like when you're selling a player, you don't want to undersell them and, and screw yourself. You know, like obviously no, that, you don't want to That's overpay. the biggest fear. Yeah. But, but overpaying doesn't usually kill you. 
but selling a guy low or selling a guy at the wrong price can kill you sometimes. And oh, so, yeah. Like, I, I'd almost rather be too high on a guy than not high enough. Uh, but I think with Javante, like, especially if, assuming that Melvin Gordon's gone next year, he's going to be worth more than two firsts at that point anyway. For so sure. You might as well yeah. just kind of get to that point now and just be like, hey, this is the price. And if somebody's willing to pay it, great. If not, just hold. I appreciate you fact checking me too. It might not have been breaking or broken tackles. It might have been juke rate. Whatever it was, he led the NFL. No, no, no. So, so evaded tackles is, is juke rate. I mean, it's the same thing. It's oh, just a okay. percentage right. compared to, uh, you know, just like you'll you might he might have. I, I don't have the number in front of me. He might have forty-two evaded tackles, but then it's you know divided by the amount of attempts, and and that becomes your juke rate. So you were right. I just basically threw a different stat out. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, so essentially, if you're trying to buy Williams right now for a low price, you got to find somebody who's not very patient, is, is what I'm getting out of that, who's just, like, ready to give yeah. up or or needs an asset as a contending team, like, right now. Um, yeah. But, all right, next rookie we are going to talk about. Let's go the tight end one, the guy who has been just showing out lately, Kyle Pitts. The guy is a freaking animal. We knew he was. He was everybody's tight end one that I've seen. I can't imagine anybody else being a tight end one coming out of this class. But people were slightly concerned at first. But then all of a sudden, these last two weeks, he just exploded onto the scene. He seems like almost the number one target. With Kelvin Ridley out in week five, I believe. But Kelvin Ridley was back in week seven. And he still went off for eight targets, seven catches, 163 yards. The guy's dynamic. He's had one touchdown, and that's probably the only reason he's not a top four, three tight end right now on the year. He's tight end seven at the moment. The guy's a stud. As a rookie, you never expect tight ends to be this good. Usually they're year two, year three breakout even in some cases. This guy is an anomaly, 21 years old, 6'6", 246, runs like he's pretty much Calvin Johnson is what he essentially. The guy's an absolute animal. I think at this point he is untouchable. The only time, so I'm sure, John, you listen to them, Rookie Fever with Dave, and they use a good term that I've used. I've made sure I threw that name in there before I used the term, but the ease of buy. I think Kyle Pitts was, had a little bit ease of buy early on in the season where it was he was at least attainable. Now it's gone. I don't think you can even – even touch him at this point. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what he's doing. So Kyle Pitts, I mean, you can add all you want. The guy's just a freaking freak. Yeah. And I agree with you. There's really not much to say about him. Like, you know, I think we all knew he was going to be a stud. We weren't sure. Was it going to happen in the first year, second year, third year, you know, like what happens with tight ends, but they're not using him as a tight end for the most part. Um, and so it's working out pretty well. What I do think is funny is, you know, all these years people said, oh, Julio Jones sucks. He can't, can't score touchdowns and, and all this stuff. And then, you know, here's Kyle Pitts, the new stud, and he has one touchdown. Maybe it's not a Julio Jones problem. Maybe it's not a Kyle Pitts problem. Maybe it's a Matt Ryan problem or, you know, that offense or whatever it may be. But, you know, the, I think that the truth of the matter is, is the, the dude's just going to be a stud. He's already putting up very similar numbers to like a Travis Kelsey but yet he's, you know, obviously much, much younger. So, uh, yeah, it, it's too late to get pits. Like, I, I'm in a lot of group chats, and I have some guys that are just all about pits, and they're talking about him literally being, like, the most valuable player 
in any dynasty league right now because of the positional scarcity and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there may even be, be some truth to that, but like, I, I'll give me like a TJ Hawkinson for, you know, probably two first cheaper or something like that. And, and I'll be perfectly fine. You know, and I, I'm leaning towards, you know, one of those guys, John, and don't hate me for that, but Kyle Pitts, Ryan, I told you he was going to, I think I projected, like I said, it's not out of the possibility of him having 1300 yards. And I think I predicted multiple touchdowns. Like he is just an absolute monster. And you know, you're right because the fact that they're lining him outside at wide out and he's, he's just bullying D backs. It's just, it's unbelievable. I am a huge Kyle Pitts guy. I don't know what his value is. I've sent out multiple offers for him. It's not even probably nearly close, but I can't even get a conversation <laughs> started. I am a little salty though. He got me eliminated from a guillotine because of his weak play early on. But I said he's about to break out. His target share was just, it was there all along. Uh, they're just forcing him the ball. So yeah, he's an absolute beast. If you have him in Dynasty, you're happy for a really long time because he's an absolute monster and he, he's going to win you a championship one of these days. And I, and I am one of the believers that I think he is a, one of the most valuable dynasty assets. So I'm weird like that, but I, you know, I've wanted Pitts all along and I've struggled to get him, but yeah, Kyle Pitts, one of my favorite guys in all of the dynasty land. I don't disagree that he's like one of the most valuable players. The thing is, it's just one of those players, you know, I'm sure we all have them that I'm just not going to pay up for. And, you know, that's just what I've, you know, I kind of figured it out in the draft, in the rookie drafts. And, you know, everyone started talking about, should he be the 101? Should he be the 102, the 103, whatever? And I was just like, you know, I'm out. I'm going to go get Jamar Chase. I'm going to be happy about it. I'm going to go get me some Najee or some Travis Etienne. And, you know, all the people like saying Etienne was a bad pick in, in rookie drafts because he got hurt. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> you know, uh, dude, dude was a stud running back and he got hurt. Like, it happens every year. So uh, let's not go doing victory laps because of that. But, yeah, like there was other players that I just was more willing to get, especially a lot of the QBs. And, yeah, maybe the QBs aren't doing amazing right now. But we, I, I think we know that that's the most difficult position in football. And, you know, it takes a little time. And I, I feel like most of, if not all, these QBs are going to be just fine. All right. So, yeah, Kyle Pitts, absolute freaking animal. We all knew that going forward. And possibly one of the best dynasty assets that you can have with that positional scarcity. So going to the next guy here, I am going to go into somebody who hasn't really come onto the scene Oh, like hugely is Rondale Moore. Um, I've actually been fine with it with his production so far. I was never expecting anything huge out of him year one. Um, the thing that I don't love is his snap percentage hasn't been very good. He's been under 50% every single game except for the last two weeks where he's just slightly over 50% of a snap share. I just like to see him on the field a little bit more. I think that has to do with Christian Kirk being there. He's on a contract here, so you just hope to God they don't sign him back and they're out of there. And then Rondo Moore kind of gets that. I would I would hope get the, gets those targets, but he's correct me if I'm wrong, Mister Analytics John, but he has a very like high target per per route run. I don't know what kind of rate you call that, but he's yeah. he gets he. I mean, when when he's in the game, he gets a lot of targets. You know what I mean? So. It seems like they want to get him in the ball, but they don't want to hurt Christian Kirk's feelings. It's just like I'm stuck in a weird <laughs> spot. <laughs> like, yeah, I like, that's I like good, what I'm Ryan. seeing. 
seven targets and a 46% snap share is a good thing. That means you should be buying that player. Right. I, like, I love that. I love the usage so far. I just wish you were seeing the field a little bit more. But I, I like what I'm seeing out of Rondell Moore so far. I like the way they're trying to use him. And you're, it's kind of like Javante Williams to me. You're almost buying, like, next year in hopes they don't sign Kirk back. But what do you guys think about Moore? Yeah, I mean, just like you said, and like Ryan said, or, or I'm sorry, uh, Tyler, <laughs> like Tyler said, I, I think you know, he's done very well with what he's been given, but he's not being given a lot, you know, and so that's the problem. And, you know, I think a lot of people expected him to just come out of the gates hot and, and just be this amazing player. And he kind of did, except for you have to look at what the team is doing. You know, like the play, what the player is doing is great, but what the team is doing is not putting him on the field. And so, yeah, like all the things like targets per route run, yards per route run, like he looks great in all of those things. But the biggest thing that I look at, especially once again, I'm trying to compete in a lot of, if not most of my leagues, is his 46% uh, route run percentage for the season. And that's not great. (laughs) And and you're not going to, like, you can never trust that player when he's giving you those kind of numbers because he's not even on the field enough to really like blow up and, and do amazingly and everything. So, you know, I know, I know we've kind of gone long on some of these and everything. I won't go too crazy, but basically like it, Rondell Moore is one of those players where he, like everything looks really good, but it's probably going to be next year. Fish, do you have anything to add on? Rondell yeah. Moore? It, yeah. I guess when I've been, talking about everything tonight i i pretty much only play dynasty so it's i'm thinking the long term here and it's just so encouraging to see the amount of targets that he's received on such limited snap share at times so and you know as i've been mentioning like when i said i was excited about him that's the reason is he viable fantasy option this year no he's not Uh, but is aj green here long no is christian kirk here long i don't know so I do I like Randall more long term? Yeah, I do, and I think the team does as well. So, you know, in terms of his value, I don't know where it sits. I'm not sure where you know it sits in your calculator, but if you drafted him, you've got to be happy with the sample that you've seen when he's on the field. So um, that's why I am a, a fan of Rondell Moore. And I don't think we all saw AJ Green having the type of year that he's having mm-hmm. either. Like if you if you did, tip of the cap to you, but. I mean, I didn't see it coming. And I honestly thought that Rondo Moore would beat Christian Kirk out for a spot, and that doesn't really seem to happen yet. And, and Kirk's been doing fine. It's not like it's unwarranted. He's been doing pretty good. Kirk's thing bad. has always been his injuries. You know, like it's never really right. been his play. His play's been fine. He's, just, he's never been able to stay on the field until this year. And then, like you said, A.J. Green was dust until he got to the Cardinals. It's not necessarily Rondell's fault. He's done everything right. But it's like the coaches are like, these guys are just better right now. You're a rookie wide receiver. You know, you're, you're 5'3". Like, you know, just just give it some time. But <laughs> Yeah, he is uh, not a big guy, that's for sure. But we won't spend a whole lot of time on everybody. We're going to end up like a featured film here about four hours long. So, <laughs> Elijah Moore. I know, John, I'm pretty sure you were a big Elijah Moore guy. Very big, yeah. Um, Yes, and I mean to say the to, to say the least, it's been a little bit disappointing out of him. I would think this year it just doesn't seem like he's getting on the field much. And I haven't, I've never been a huge Moore guy. I had him like right behind Kadarius Tony in my rankings, but I mean, so it's not like I hated him by any means. He was like top six, seven guy. Um, I just 
I don't know. Was he? Has he been hurt? He just hasn't been seen the field. I know Zach Wilson has struggled, so I'm I'm not blaming anything on him per se. But what have you seen out of Elijah Moore? Are you worried? Are you not worried? I know he's a rookie. You can't just kind of put the first seven weeks on it. But do you are you expecting more? Or is this kind of concerning for you? Well, I, I will say he, he had, uh, I believe, a quad injury in preseason and uh, some kind of like uh, soft tissue-ish injury in the preseason, which obviously didn't help things. Um, and then he had a concussion uh, maybe week two or three, something like that. Obviously, it doesn't help anything, but it doesn't excuse away everything. But I think, you know, like I said, this is kind of the first year that I've really, truly done major rankings for rookies and, and college players, incoming college players. And so, you know, like Elijah Moore as a prospect is very high, but maybe going forward, if, if they're going to a team with a rookie QB, maybe I'll knock them down a notch, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, same, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say like Elijah Moore is going to be bad or because of what's, what's you know, happening. I still believe in the player, I still believe in the talent. If anything, this gives you that opportunity to go by. But, you know, like I said, it may be ex- having high expectations and paying a high price for Elijah was the wrong call just based on brand new head coach, brand new, you know, rookie QB. There was a lot, you know, and it's not like he's the only show in town either. You have Corey Davis, you have even like the old guys like Jamison Crowder and, and you know, and even even the forgotten guys like Denzel Mims. But that all of that to say, you know, like, I still believe in the talent. Go get your player. But, you know, it might not happen this season. <laughs> no, and most of the time it doesn't for rookies. So I, I wouldn't beat yourself up for that. I mean, I, I really like Elijah Moore as well. I think the ghost of Adam Gase is going to haunt them for a year or so. But, and <laughs> are, I mean, are he, did, he did score last Gase? Are we still blaming Gase? <laughs> I, had, I had to throw in a jab at Gase there. I had to. But. No, I, you can't expect rookie receivers to put up numbers like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. You're trusting your gut in terms of, you know, if you're a film watcher or the analytics, you're trusting that it, the rookie year might not be what it's all, you know, what everybody sees in Jamar Chase, but you trust the talent and talent supersedes it all. So, um, I mean, that kind of goes along with Terrace Marshall. I, I'm a big Marshall guy. Has he looked fantastic? No. Has he been on the field? Yeah, minus his concussion stuff that he's got going on right now. Uh, but he just hasn't seen the targets. And Darnold hasn't been great, you know, and, and Moore has been kind of the target hog there. It's not even like Robbie Anderson's commanding the targets, although I think he did last week. But uh, so do not beat yourself up. You know, we're eight, what are we, seven, eight weeks, seven weeks into the season right now. And, you know, there's some people that might be listening, like that saying that we're so premature on this and they might be absolutely correct. So, I, I mean, there's a lot of guys that start off slow. And, I mean, look at – we could name multiple guys that don't break out in year one, right? It just does not happen. So, uh, and, you know, when you see those little flashes on the field, that gets you excited. And, like, you know, we're getting to a guy that I know Ryan is, is already drooling over here soon and, and can't wait to talk about. So, I'll let him get onto that guy. Yeah, I was, uh, I was going to – touch on Terrace Marshall but I mean the only thing that I, I didn't mind him as a prospect I think I'm I think I had him at wide receiver eight on the year which I think is low compared to both of you guys not really sure where John had him yeah a little bit higher but uh I had him at one two three oh I had him at nine all right so I guess I'm not the lowest on him at least but um 
the only thing like, I actually didn't like the or I I liked the talent and everything like that. The only they concerned me that they signed Robbie to a two year deal. That's a li- little concerning. So now he's just gonna have to flat out beat him out instead of having somebody leave or anything like that. So it's a little concerning with Darnold kind of being up and down. He started that happened pretty- after most rookie drafts though. So don't take a victory lap on that one. I'm not taking a victory lap. I'm just saying no, it's concerning. Yeah. I know. I know. Forward, but. Yes. Anyway, let's get to the let's get to the good guys here. Let's stop talking about the mediocre guys. Let's get to the good guys. Um, Kadarius Tony. Everybody who has listened to the podcast knows that I've been a big Kadarius to- uh, Kadarius Tony guy. Um, pretty much ninety nine percent of the analytic community says no. Uh, he's had one year of production. Uh, he's been injury prone. Uh, he still didn't even go over a thousand yards in his best season. Uh, you name it, but when I was—I mean, when I was looking at him, all I saw was explosion, quick in and out of his routes, good route runner, good hands, a lot of speed, and to start the season, holy cow, was I just like tucking the tail between my legs? I'm like, <laughs> ooh, this is not good. Week one, eight percent snap share, two targets, which is actually pretty good on eight percent snap share, by the way. Two receptions. He was hurt but, in the preseason, though. He was hurt. Yeah, and true, then he, yes. he had some character issues going on, skipping practices and stuff. But, yeah. yeah he's, he's a great guy. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Anyway, 8% snap share, two targets, two receptions, negative two yards. I'm like, all right. <laughs> well, at least he saw targets um, in his first game. Then he went 28% snap share with literally no stat line. Um, saw 66% of the snaps in week three, had three targets two catches for 16 yards. I'm like, well, at least it's something. Crime and he's sakes. I'm starting to eat my words here. And he finally got his chance in week four where he played almost 80% of the snaps. And on 80% of the snaps, he had nine targets, caught six of those targets for 78 yards. I'm like, all right, I like that. And then pretty much the whole team got hurt. And I'm like, well, if Kadarius Tony cannot show out in this game and command targets, I might be wrong. I might be wrong about him. We'll see. And sure as shit, everybody got hurt. He's out on the field. Still only played 54% of the snaps, but got 13 targets, 10 catches for 189, just exploded onto the scene. And he showed that that short burst that he showed in college. He showed the good route running. He was able to high point balls. He looked like a legitimate NFL wide receiver. And when he got his chance, that's what I was hoping for. I mean, I wasn't expecting anything like that, but I was just hoping he could at least produce. And I would have been legitimately concerned if he was able to not do something like that, if he would have had four targets for two catches or something like that. Right. Then I would have had a problem with it. But when he got his chance, he looked like a legit NFL receiver. And he even has a hell of a right hook, too, on top of that, and got kicked out of the game. But Kadarius Toney... I liked what I've seen now that he got his opportunity. I think he's just carving out himself a role more and more as long as he can get back from that ankle injury. Cause now of course, why wouldn't he get hurt? But yeah, I don't know. I, I it, this is kind of what I was hoping for out of, out of Tony. I mean, I'm not expecting anything like that 189, but the type of play, at least this is what I'm hoping for. So I know you guys probably aren't huge on Tony. So let me hear what you, what you have to say. Well, I mean, like you said, it, it happened because everyone was gone. You know, like everyone was hurt. Kenny G was hurt. Sterling Shepard was out. Darius Slayton was out. So, you know, I, I feel like 
everyone's right at this point. You're right because he's probably better than a lot of people expected or a lot of people thought. And everyone else is right because he didn't actually do anything until he until everyone else was hurt. So I feel like everyone's right, no one's wrong at this point. But the truth of the matter is, like, there's kind of like five very general ideas that I look for in uh, rookie wide receivers. And like, this is not obviously like diving into the stats or anything like that. It's just very like general things. And it's college production, breakout age, athleticism, level of competition, and draft capital. All right. If you look at the college production and the breakout age, they're not great. They're not, they're not the worst, but they're not great. But if you look at the athleticism, the level of competition and the draft capital, it's all top tier. And so he ended up falling into the, not the tier five where it's a 4% chance of hitting. He ended up falling into the tier four where it's like a 12% chance of hitting. <laughs> Obviously not great odds, but much better than the tier five. And, uh, you know, but he has that, that athleticism. He has that exciting, you know, thing that you might look for. But I think with the injury and the fact that he only produced because everyone was hurt, I think it's going to be kind of like Rondell Moore, where if he's going to be a stud, if he's going to be a good wide receiver, it's probably going to be next year. And, you know, I know people got really excited after that 180-yard game and everything. And obviously the excitement's kind of gone away since then. But um, I think it's more of like a, I might even sell him right now if you have him. If somebody's like, oh, man, he's going to come back in a couple of weeks. They talked about that being a long-term injury. And then, you know, maybe buy him back next year when, uh, you know, maybe Sterling Shepard's gone. You know, maybe Darius Slayton's gone. Whatever it is. And, and, you know, you can probably get him at a cheaper price at that point. Here's what gets me about Tony, though. It's like he's the, he did more in those two games of production than Slayton has done. Like, I don't even know if Slayton's had a game like that like I just feel like he's better than Slayton to command that's what I meant by like I think he's carving out a role and proving that he can do it I guess we'll see we haven't we haven't seen I guess yeah I get we haven't seen a game when they're all healthy so we really don't know what the coaching, yeah, so coaching staff is thinking so but tough. that week that he got hurt or re-aggravated that ankle injury he started it was the first possession he had those three targets for three catches it was like he's yep. still getting getting the targets he's commanding those targets like we talk about that that equals talent, right? He's he's earning those targets, and I know there's other people hurt and everything, so there's not a whole lot to throw to. But still, it, it was encouraging to see. But fish, where are you at on Tony? Well, I just want to start off by saying you're the only guy I know, Ryan, that actually liked Darius Slayton. I, I don't think he's good at all, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start off there. And then, you know, Galladay has been just atrocious this year so far. He had the 100-yard game. Shepard, you know, when he – I think Shepard was out when Tony had that big game, right? Yeah. Shepard is back. He, I think he commanded 10 targets last week. So, I think John had the best answer of it all is both sides look great right now. And do I – was I surprised with Tony? Yeah, I, I, did not ex, I did not see 10 for 189 coming. And some of those catches is like – he is more athletic than everybody else out on the field. That's exciting to see, right? Because then you see a player, like it was almost like Tyreek Hill-esque. Is like when he got the ball, it's like his burst was faster than your burst. He's going to get an extra six yards. And it, it was exciting to watch. And I, I happened to snag him in a redraft league. And I don't know if I'm as far on John saying that I don't think he has like a role the rest of the year. I mean, it's tough to carve out a role. I actually think he carved himself a role for this year. And if you have him in redraft, I, honest, I honestly think – you know, I've seen stuff tossed around where he's potential league winner material. I don't think he's that, 
But I, I think he's definitely flexed material the rest of the way. I think what he showed, even if Galladay and Shepard are there, I think Tony demands targets. He demands touches. They were carrying him the ball in the wildcat formation that, that 10 for 189 week. They wanted to get him the ball so bad um, because they know how athletic he is. So I, I think he does have value this year, not league winner value, but he does have value this year in, in the fantasy world. Yeah, so let's move on for the sake of just running out of a little bit of time here. Let's move on to – we haven't touched on any quarterbacks. We haven't touched on a single one. So let's kind of rapid fire some quarterbacks here. Um, Trevor Lawrence, it's tough with Trevor Lawrence for me just because I thought he was such a freaking stud, my easy QB1. And it, it's just tough because he's on such a dumpster fire of a team. It, it really is. So I'm not worried about Trevor Lawrence. He's still my QB one going forward. So I don't know what you guys think about Lawrence. Has he fallen at all in your rankings or is he still fine there at the top? Honestly, and I know we're trying to keep this short, so I will. I, honestly, none of the QBs have changed for me. Like uh, nothing has changed for me. They're, they're rookie QBs. We, um, you know, a lot of them are went to bad teams or, you know, teams in flux and, and, things like that. So I'm not, I'm not out on Zach Wilson because he threw five picks in a game. Like I'm not out on Trevor Lawrence because he's looked like garbage for the first five weeks. Uh, you know, I'm not out on Trey Lance cause he's barely had a shot. You know, I'm, I'm not out on, on any of them. I will, <laughs> I, I re- I will buy any of them low. Like if, if they're cheaper than what they were or, you know, like what you would expect them to be right now, then I will buy them. Um, in fact, I sent out some offers today uh, for, for some guys and you know I'm just trying to get them cheap and, and you know like some people are just all out Justin Fields has, has scared the crap out of people like you can't even start him he's only scoring like seven points a week if that I mean I I actually started him in uh, Scott Fishbowl last week because or no I'm sorry I started him in our Harry Potter league last week that has very weird and funky uh, QB scoring and I, I got negative 10 points from him so like I actually like I still won thank god but oh and it was against you right yeah, you know, shut the fuck up, John. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered. But yeah, I like I literally lost ten points by starting Justin Fields. So you know, obviously that scoring is very different, but it doesn't look great. But I still believe in that, and obviously a lot of that has to do with my model and like believing and trusting in it. But just like you would trust in in their film, and and you probably you know, I would assume that you're not going to let six, seven games, or, you know, some of them, like two, three games, change your mind on four years of what you've been, you know, basing, or three years or whatever, of what you've been basing, you know, these players uh, it starts off of. No, and like you said, I haven't really moved my quarterback rankings at all. I haven't moved whatsoever. So I still got Lawrence at one, Fields at two, Lance at three, Jones at four, Wilson at five, and that's staying, that's just staying there because obviously – those guys who got drafted at the very top are on just a shit show of a team where it's, it's hard to judge them off of, of the first year. And a couple of them aren't even really playing a whole lot. So yes, it's tough. Um, I'm not moving on them. I'm not, I'm not falling for that buy low thing. If you have them in super flex leagues, just, just hang on tight. Let's see, let's see where we all end up. Yeah. If anything, I, I think like, you know, don't change your values now, but maybe it's something where we learn from it and you know, you, 
you look at Trey Lance, who was an FBS, uh, you know, QB that didn't have a lot of or FCS. I'm sorry, FCS QB that you know didn't have a lot of uh, competition and only played 12 games in his ty- entire college career. And maybe you go, that guy's probably not going to be ready to be a starting NFL QB in year one. I'm not going to take him at 102. You know, and then you know maybe you look at Zach Wilson and kind of say the same thing. He didn't have a lot of competition, and you know he'll, you know. It's not the greatest team, brand new head coach, just like I was talking about with Elijah Moore. So maybe, you know, we can all learn from this, uh, but that doesn't mean that we change our values now. We just change our process going forward. Yeah, I agree. It's too early. We're seven games in, and uh, it, it's just really too hard to tell. I mean, the guy that's looked the best is Mac Jones, and he was the lowest on my my QB rankings to start. So, and he's looked the consistently the best in my opinion. So, you know, it's, that's a process or a product of the team he's on and the product of the system that he's in of why he's being successful. So give it time. You know, I, I still have confidence in some of those other guys. I still do like a lot of those other guys. So I'm not worried at all. Yeah. Quarterbacks is one of the toughest positions on the football field. So it is, it's going to take some time. I never like to judge people off a of year one. So we'll see how they do next year if they earn that playing time and everything like that. But fellas, it was a, it was a blast talking rookies with you. It's been a while since we talked rookies. Like God, I, when was the last time we talked rookies fish, probably preseason really. So it was, it was really fun. John had you on for the first time ever on block in the back. And it was a pleasure, man. Love the information on your model, all the hard work you're doing over there. So appreciate you coming on. Appreciate the time. I know this was a long, long episode and everything like that, but <laughs> um, we'd really appreciate it. So why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, what you're working on, um, and things like that. Well, I love how you act like it's not my fault that it was a long episode. Obviously, you guys have figured out at this point I like to talk, which is why I have multiple podcasts. You can find me at The Monocle Dynasty Podcast. You can find me at The Debbie Devotional Podcast. And also, every once in a while, I do a Take It or Leave It podcast, uh, but I kind of mix that in with The Monocle. Uh, ContenderConnection.com, Dynasty Coach A on Patreon. Uh, a lot of stuff. Obviously, I've talked about the trade calculator, the start sit tool. The you know, I do I do rankings on every single NFL player, every single uh, Devi player. I have I think I have like 600 Devi players ranked right now. So I mean, you know, like every single college player, just about uh, that's going to be like somewhat viable. Uh, I have ranked, and I'm updating those weekly at this point. So you know, I, I'm put out all that out on the Patreon. Uh, this was a blast, guys. We didn't even talk about half of the rookies that I thought we were going to talk about because we were so long-winded, or at least I was. Uh, but I, one thing I, I did want to say is, uh, you know, a lot of people got really excited about some of the wide receivers th- that were not considered good this season as far as rookies that went to really good you know, teams or like, a real, I'm sorry, uh, like really wide open, ambiguous wide receiver cores. At like Nico Collins, like uh, Amari Rogers, like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, like these guys weren't that good, but they went to like, you know, good, good teams or like, you know, wide open teams. And what I would say is don't fall for that crap. The Josh Palmers, the, um, who was the one for, I can't even remember his name now, the, the, the one for the, the Chiefs, but um, Cornell Powell. Cornell Powell, like these guys <laughs> suck in college and then they suck in the NFL. It just doesn't like, they don't have draft capital. They don't have the athleticism of, of Kadarius Tony that you can get excited about. Don't fall for those guys. Go get the, the running backs that are like, you know, graded out about the same. 
because we see those guys, the Khalil Herberts, the Elijah Mitchells, like those guys are actually scoring you fantasy points and gaining value right now. Meanwhile, the Cornell Pals aren't even on the team, you know? So uh, that would be my, I, I guess that would be like my two cents on the matter. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. We appreciate having you and, and I hope, hopefully everybody's stuck with us here on the rookies and yeah, there's so many more to talk about, but God, they are fun to talk about. And they're, it's, this was a really good rookie class too. And there's so many people making a huge impact, which is super exciting for fantasy football makes everything better. So fish, you got any last words for us? I really don't know, John, it was great having you on. And it, that was not your fault that we went long. That's uh it's a the combination of us having good dynasty and fantasy football talk. So appreciate having you on. No, it was great. Thank you guys. Well, that's all we got for you. Um, again, check out contenderconnection.com. You are listening to the founder of that website, mm-hmm. the absolute animal that at dynasty coach a on Twitter. Um, you can find us, our stuff at, at dynasty block. And uh, thank you all for listening to block in the back. Thank you for listening to Block in the Back Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty Fantasy Football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow at Dynasty Block. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the Back.